It's the Canada's Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. I'm Angela Fay, hub builder and co-host of British Columbia's podcasts, part of the Canada's Podcast Network, your source for great insights from entrepreneurs from across Canada. We talk to entrepreneurs who are making it happen here so you can listen, discover, and engage. First of all, wearing the venture capitalist Hat is uh, founder and managing partner Mike Winterfield of uh, Impact, sorry, Active Impact Investing. And of course, wearing the angel investing hat today is uh, Grant Lawrence of Valhalla Angels. And Jill, I- I've just put you under the niche umbrella of niche funding because you wear so many hats and I've had so many different platforms that you've represented in the past. But you're currently CEO of Women's Enterprise Center here in British Columbia. Um, tell me how you know each other. Uh, Mike and I met at the uh, Founders Institute. We were brought in as um, mentors and presenters um, to, talk, to help the brand new startup. So we, we hit it off there. That was, what, eight months ago? So it seemed like about eight months ago. And Jill and I bumped into each other. Jill, I was trying to remember when we first connected at a, yeah. at a forum in Kelowna or somebody yeah, introduced us. Been, I think Laurel Douglas actually introduced us. Oh, okay, um, Laurel. Like right. probably... Too, close to two years ago, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is great, and you've been so supportive of trying to engage more women to participate as, oh, as angel investors. Yeah. So really, have appreciated that. Yeah, and then Mike and I have known each other a couple of years with a lot of common connections um, and a shared passion for social impact and uh, making a difference in the world. So I think, yeah, a couple of coffee chats and intention for more. <laughs> so. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say we. We definitely did get a direct introduction when I first moved into the world of, of angel investing and, and, and venture capital and impact. Uh, but I would say it would have been very hard not to meet Jill because she was basically at every startup event that I went to for about a two-year uh, streak. So. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, so shared passions for sure, I think, in this group. Well, and maybe just a little bit of insight on to each one of yours current business venture what do you what, do you, what work are you doing uh, obviously as entrepreneurs we tend to wear multiple hats but um you know why why we're at the table today what are you doing go ahead Jill. um well i've just stepped into a new role in the last two weeks um as interim ceo of the women's enterprise center so provincial nonprofit organization uh, supporting women entrepreneurs with business advisory services um, training and loans um so that's been an unbelievable experience, as you can imagine, um, just diving in. <laughs> Thank you. And just deepening our support for, for entrepreneurs who need it so much more uh, during these difficult times. But as you know, my background and passion has certainly been looking at new models, um, increasing diversity in the investment sector to better support all entrepreneurs. So um, yeah, so great. it's great to, great to be here. Well, and let me respond to is I, I never actually received financing from Women's Enterprise Center, but I've been a mentor with Women's Enterprise Center before. And the reason I stepped up when asked at the time was I was super excited to uh, that this was a, a funding partner legitimately that also offered mentoring in the side. And and that was one of my natural attractions to Women's Enterprise Center. It's such a powerful combination. I think Grant and Mike would say the same because they're both wrap their arms around entrepreneurs as well. But I think that is, it's not just about the money. It's, it's about so much more and those additional services and support. And sometimes it's, you don't even need the money. It's about the additional support and then you need the money later. So it's, it's, it's such a, yeah, I feel like uh, Women's Enterprise Center is still a bit of a hidden gem uh, for some companies around the problem. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Grant? 
Sure. So we've gone obviously our forums, which were monthly in four cities, bringing together startups and uh, angel investors has moved online. Um, by chance, we'd already been doing some online uh, combination of in-person in and online with uh, investors that had said, hey, how do we join? But we live in Whitehorse. It's like, okay, you're not flying down anywhere <laughs> monthly to meet. Um, so we did already have some good experience there. We This week, we did our all four cities in one, and we had over 115 people on online. So it was a pretty busy session. So I think that's indicative of leading a little bit into the the mm -hmm. financing side of the interest of the angels. We'll see what happens in the next 30 to 60 days if they st still are writing checks. Um, and I went and did some research for this. Uh, I can give you some history of what happened during 2007 and 8 and also 2000, you know, during the 9-11 if you want to dive into those. So we do have some historical information we can look back awesome. at. I absolutely. Let's go back and reminisce a little bit about past experience and how we can learn from it. Mike, what are you doing right now? Well, so as Grant mentioned, the, the way that we met was through um, through Founder Institute. So I, I, I do do some work to support a handful of different accelerators and incubators, Founder Institute, Spring, CDL West, New Ventures PC, and, and a handful of others. Um, but I do that mostly to stay as close as possible to the startup community. My my day job is, uh, is as you mentioned, as the as the managing partner of Active Impact Investments. So we have um, we have ten million dollars in assets under management right now, and uh, it's an Impact VC. So we're we're a certified B Corp based out of Vancouver, and we're deploying money um, for the most part across Canada. Although um, we are flirting with our first U.S. investment right now. Uh, but certainly it's a coast-to-coast -coast coverage in Canada. Um, been operating for about two years now, and we have made eight investments at that time. And our our investments, um, the the single uh, most important and first criteria is that they have to solve uh, an important environmental or social issue. Pretty apt right now, actually. <laughs> um, can I? Take a moment. I'm going to delve straight into Grant and I. You know, when I was talking to Grant, probably the the uh, one question that is pressing right now is: Is there money right now? So cash flow is king, right? For for business. So is there money out there right now in any of your pots that is are is not yet deployed? Um, what kind of dollars are we talking about? And what is the probably most important uh, way to connect with you in order to um, maybe have access to it if there's anything there. Certainly. Go ahead, go ahead Mike. Or <laughs> you go, Grant. Go ahead, go ahead Jill. Um, um, so if I look back at our last calendar year, and we were very transparent, we, we self-report, we have it up on our website. Um, I think we did about $8.7 in funding. And I can't remember the number of deals. I want to say 34 or so my expectation is we're going to see that drop a little bit um, but people are going to focus in on what businesses are going to thrive during this covid what what's it, what's it going to look like in the months ahead is an unknown so we had for instance one company come through that's automating the whole um, online process for brokers to sell insurance well nobody's walking into an insurance company or real uh, res sorry a storefront to go and do insurance and it's all over the phone or electronically. So they've started to just start to explode a little bit. 
which is great. So they're they're taking advantage of it. So, so we'll see money moving into those sectors. The ones that are going to be hit, we've already seen restaurants, you know, anything that's gathering of people, shows, trade shows, concerts, et cetera. And they're, they're all trying to adapt. Um, so we'll see, I think we'll see money still flowing in. And historically, during the last recession, the companies that, that were created there are ended up on the Fortune 500, you know, about 250 of the Fortune 500 are from the, the last recession is the figures I've been reading. Wow. Yeah, so this is a time and opportunity to, for people to take advantage of. Both the founders, if they're gonna do a pivot, you know, cash is king, of course. So they're, they're having to make their runway longer. <laughs> right. Get their burn rates down, talk to all the important people that are their stakeholders. So that'd be customers, you know, maybe you can get better terms on receivables if you have a receivable. Um, talk with your bankers, look for liquidity as well. So all everybody that touches your company, you need to communicate more with them now. And of course, your staff is critical to be communicating. So from a money point of view, sorry, there's also the government. Um, the NACO has been doing a good job. They had a, uh, NACO a webinar. NACO being this, what, sorry? NACO. They're, yep. They've been doing a good job with their weekly um, webinars. And this, this week we had the you know, the minister from the, the liberals on, we had uh, some some different VCs on talking about what they're trying to do. And it ended up being a discussion about what can the government do in addition? So there's lots of points made to help. How do we help the founders that are either just about to start raising money or have just run out of their runway and need that that next round. Mm -hmm. And I can I can relate to you some of what, what took place, but I don't want to take up all of this. I just I want to ask as well, you said you've already deployed the 8.7 million. So obviously you have a priority to look after those businesses that are already filtered through as as likely to survive. Um, what about what's left? Is there anything left right now? So you gotta got keep in mind we're not we're not a fund like like Mike has a fund, you know, yep. he's got a 10 million cap. So this is all individual angels making those investments okay. and then reporting back to us saying, hey, I invested in this company or the founder telling us that. So right? is there so, an opportunity for perhaps people who had never invested through an angel network before, um, perhaps because they haven't yet been asked to actually connect with you and say, hey, listen, I'd like to contribute. Um, yeah, we've, yeah, we've actually been... In this, the past two weeks, we had like six, I think six new members join and they're all remote. So they all know that yep. we're not doing face to face and they're seeing opportunities. A lot of them are, are um, I think we're seeing two characteristics come out. Those that are bold and want to take advantage of it and those that are conservative. And the, the bold ones are going, hey, there's an opportunity here early. And the stock market, wow, that took a beating. So I'm not really going to put my money back there necessarily. And so we're seeing new angels come in, and that's part of what we're really trying to do right now is expand yep. the capital base, given the history Absolutely. of people reducing the amount of deal money they put into deals and valuations retracting at the same time, um, having a wider expanse of more angels. Because I think we need to be emphasizing that across Canada. There's there's more, more businesses that start up that support our economy and the angels in the startup space and there is the big traditional large companies they're typically net losers of employees during this this these recessions mm -hmm. and these startups are the ones that are net contributors to the economy with employment it'd be interesting to see with the new funding the 250 million dollars through irap for these tech startups how that supports yeah. the angel community too 
Yeah, so even just the fact that you mentioned that, Jill, is important. You know, there's two million dollars in at IRAP funding, right, for tech companies. Additional two hundred and fifty million additional. Two hundred and fifty, sorry. Yeah. yeah, that's okay. Two, two so, million. We're we're talking bigger numbers these days, right? Just, yeah, right. absolutely. So, Jill, do you want to yeah. just continue? What, what yeah. kind of cash flow do you have? Do, do people have access through? So we're a little bit different because we're a loan fund, right? So we offer loans up to $150,000 to women entrepreneurs um, across the province and particularly focus more on Main Street businesses. So not necessarily those faster growth uh, technology companies. So we do still have funds available. In fact, um, it's interesting of our existing loan clients right now, we have offered relief uh, payments over the next three months uh, due to the current situation. Um, they have a choice of either no interest or no principal payment or both. <laughs> and of course, most are taking us up on both. And that's incredibly important to give them that runway over the next few months. Um, yeah. And we'll look at whether we need to extend that or not. Um, on the other hand, we've also seen an uptake in loan applications. Um, and we're offering a couple of things. One, um, you know, you can apply now and you have up to six months to actually activate your loan. And that's important while credit is still okay um, and planning ahead. So that's really critical. And then we are seeing some businesses who are pivoting and are finding new opportunities in this crisis and uh, they need funds to, to activate that. So we have up to $150,000 um, and then we also match, we work with BDC for an additional $100,000. Um, and at the average loan though is about $55,000. So And really the, the key criteria is, first of all, you need to be 51% women owner, is that right? Yes, 51% women, women And then owner. obviously there's more to it, but if yeah. you get that criteria, then it's worth having a look, right? Yeah, absolutely. And we collaborate a lot with other financial institutions as well. Um, but as you mentioned earlier, it is wrapped around a support, right? The business advisory support, the mentorship support, uh, training support, um, and that's so critical. And, and we have an incredible repayment rate because we work so actively uh, with the clients um, through situations like this. This just happens to be <laughs> across the board. Um, but then it's exciting to see some new, app, some new um, initiatives by the government too, right? The rent assistance that was announced uh, yesterday, details to follow. Um, but that's something that a lot of our clients uh, will be benefit from as well as the wage subsidy um, mm -hmm. and other programs mm -hmm. that are being offered. Well, and as I walk past all of the bricks and mortar, um, you know, businesses on my street, I can't help but literally shed a tear as I think about those people yeah. who, you know, impact our community so much, you know, what happens on the street in our community. So, um, exactly. Mike, um, tell me about venture capital. What's, what's out there? What bucket of funding steering into cash flow, current cash flow? is out there, if any. Yeah, we're, uh, well, so for us specifically first, um, we're lucky because we, we raised our money in advance of this. Some people are trying to raise money now, which is pretty tough. So um, we have money committed from our investors that we can deploy and that uh, that, we are, that we are deploying. So, so we, we, had, we had deployed a little over 3 million of our, of our tents. We have about 7 million um, in, in dry powder and, and we, we are continuing to deploy. There, there, there's some VCs out there that have kind of pressed the pause button, but we were actually very likely going to do a deal, uh, a new deal this month, which would, which would be our ninth investment. Um, so yeah, maybe I can talk a little bit about what we're hearing in venture capital at large. And, and I would say um, it might be good to look at it in three ways. So the, the pace of money going out the door, the psyche of the fund manager right now, and then the, the types of investments that people I think are going to flock to more. Awesome. Um, on the pace side, I would say for anybody who's thinking about raising money from VC, just keep in mind it's it, it's our job to deploy money. 
right? So there will be some VCs and private equity funds that will press the pause button. And we've talked to some that are going to for a couple of months and just wait and see what the world looks like. But at the end of the day, um, all funds have a mandate to deploy money within a certain period of time. And so when you press the pause button, um, you're not going to press it for a year. You'll press it maybe for a few months, but, but every fund manager's job is to get money deployed. And, and so they will deploy money at some point this year. Um, and in fact, it might even create a backlog of, of some deployment that should happen. And, um, and when you think about that from a pace standpoint, um, venture capital funds actually do want to deploy money during recessionary times. In fact, vintage years of, of VC funds that have performed the best have been the ones that were able to invest in companies that had reasonable valuations versus, you know, overblown valuations that happened during, you know, really, really kind of rocky markets. Um, on the second point around the psyche, I think the one thing for, for founders to be sensitive to and to just consider when they're thinking about valuations is that the way most venture capital funds work is investors have committed money but that money, the checks haven't been written yet. They, they, the, the money gets called as the fund manager fund finds opportunities. And so when you think about that, when we do a capital call because we found a new investment that we're excited about, we're asking one of our investors to pull money out of the market sometimes at 20 or 30% less than it was worth a month ago. And so it's very hard to do that if you can't uh, give them confidence that you're investing in something that you are uh, getting that same type of, of, of premium, uh, that, that same type of discount. Um, so I, I think just for the founders out there that are really trying to hold the line in terms of their valuation pre-COVID, um, that's going to be a tough conversation to have because there is a pretty tight correlation between startup valuations and, and public market valuations. And then the third thing, just in terms of type of investment, I would say, um, read a great article the other day in TechCrunch and, and couldn't agree more that um, that we need more camels than unicorns right now. And so the definition of a camel was uh, was just companies that display a tremendous amount of resilience. So you know we are looking for companies that have a faster path to positive cash flow, uh, companies that have a, a little more traction, seem a little bit safer companies that um, have less financing risk, so they've been able to get sort of well-funded, well-capitalized during this. So for instance, we'd be a lot more reluctant to go into a small round, a, a $500,000 round. We prefer to go into a $2 million round right now, where we know that that company is going to have some good runway to be able to uh, achieve some, some major uh, milestones before they need to go out to market again for more money. I love that. I think that's going to really, you know, Andrew, one of your questions to jump in is, you know, what's going to change, right? And wh where are we going from here? And I think we are going to see like that shift a little bit more that's, you know, slow and steady, the resilient companies, obviously, that are going to emerge. Um, and I think that's going to be better for all of us. Well, then I'll well, yeah, I, think it, I think it's an opportunity, actually, you know, and yes. I'll have to put my impact, my, my, my impact plug in here. Um, but we have long believed that there would be more resilience amongst impact companies because people are doing it for a purpose beyond just trying to turn a quick profit. And so I think for the founders out there right now that are saying, look, I'm in this for the long run. I'm, I'm ready to, to fight. I, I plan on, on being here a year from now. 
Oh, yeah. I think I froze up a sec there. Um, uh, for the ones who, who are determined to be here a year from now, you're going to stand out because unfortunately there are going to be some companies that go out of business over the course of the next 12 months. And there were a lot of those companies that were sort of hard to tell apart from the other when everybody was doing well. You know, the, the saying that the high five floats all, all boats. Um, so I'm trying to talk to some founders about this being a real opportunity for them to differentiate themselves and show that they have the grit that, that people expected and wanted to see uh, if they emerge out of this 12 months from now. Exactly. I've often referenced zebras versus unicorns, right? One, zebras are actually real and, and the purpose and the profit are representing the two stripes, right? But the camel in this case also makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, Mike, you, you mentioned a little bit of, sorry. Go ahead, Grant. The, the psyche, right? Yeah. Um, both of the uh, investors, the VCs, and then you're just getting to the psyche of the founders and differentiating themselves and hanging around. And I think that's a critical point is, you know, the founders and their key people need to be out of panic mode to restore their creativity. And I think that's where people like yourself, Mike, you talk to your founders and you, you help them along. You know, same deal, uh, same with us, you know, companies that I've invested with, I'm going to be chatting, continue to chat with, help them along, because I want to make sure that their creativity, because that's why I invested in them, yeah. is their creativity, their drive, their desire to succeed, and to be able to take advantage of, the, the, they're always living under uncertainty already, so here's another one. Exactly. Well, that's it. That's when their characteristics really come out, right? The resiliency and adaptability of entrepreneurs, which tend to be fairly common, so... We'll, we'll see more of that. So the, another important thing to me is how to get from idea to actually engaged in conversation. So I'd like to try and, you know, make sure that that pathway is totally open and clear. So Grant, you talked about, you know, another quarterly um, online event that's hosting. Would that be the one of the better ways to try and connect with you? How does how would that work? Yeah, so um, you know they can connect with me obviously LinkedIn, email, etc. And then we're we're running our monthly forums, and we're we're making we're trying to broaden um, the attendance a little mm -hmm. bit more to new angels. Um, we do have select number of seats for startup founders, um, so they can see actually what happens in an angel forum. So then go okay, I, now I understand for you know seeing it versus reading about it, it's a big difference. So we gladly can, can post information and share information about our, our ones that are our monthly ones and people can you know ask for uh, joining when's, in. We'd love that. When's your next monthly one? It's May 12th. It happens at 3.30 online. It's about two and a half, two hours, two and a half hours long. Um, and I'll gladly provide the information. To, I don't know, okay. how, do you, how do you want awesome. that? <laughs> Perfect. I can just get an email. I'll help. help okay. That. That's, so that's monthly forum. It's, and then is there a... A kind of bigger event as well. Um, so our our biannual unconference was going to yes. be scheduled for June, and then we pushed it out, and <laughs> we're probably going to have to push it out again. I don't, I just don't see a break. So that unconference un last time we had it in Banff is going to be in Kelowna this time. Probably still will be just delayed, and then we'll move it to Vancouver. So we'll rotate that. That's a good one. We've also opened up our calendars to have Ask Me Anything sessions. So the okay. first Tuesday, I think that I'll send you the calendar. The first Tuesday of the week, then we have an angel one-on-one session for new angels that want to learn more, and then we have a closed session for the uh, for the members. Nice. So that we're okay. we're helping them out further as well. Of course, I'm hoping that you know your biannual conference actually becomes virtual. 
Yeah. And we don't we don't lose the momentum on that. But um, how about you, yeah. Jill? What's the yeah. what's the best way that you know either one on one or collectively people can connect with you for real solutions? Absolutely. Well, womensenterprise.ca, we are hosting a number of weekly training sessions and virtual sort of um, webinars on key topics around, you know, strength in numbers. So really diving into cash flow and financials, working with entrepreneurs, those are free. Um, others on HR and um, contract um, issues. So, so definitely check those out. Um, and we also have complimentary business advisory services, which you can find out more about on the website as well. Um, and then we're part of a large organization called WEOC, which is Women's Entrepreneurship, Organ Women's Entrepreneurship Organizations of Canada, weoc.ca. WEOC.ca, a number of resources um, available on that and includes uh, different organizations within each of the provinces. So that's really critical. Many of them have, have loan funds as well, mm -hmm. but they all have different training and resources. And collectively, we're looking at doing a national online initiative in early May. Um, where we'll bring together all of the experts from different provinces um, and invite entrepreneurs to, to join in. So happily, we'll share more information there. Okay. And Great. I'm always happy to connect on LinkedIn as well. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I should, should mention, sorry, Angie, and sorry yeah. to interrupt. Like, um, one other thing that we do do is we, we have something called a Founders Base Camp, and now that's gone virtual as well. It's, we're about 1,200 founders that have gone through it, and it's really letting them step inside the shoes of an investor and understand what an investor is looking at. So it's not really there to help you with your pitch. That's an end result. It's helping you decide what is your capital raise plan and what are the impacts on my business, myself, my family with those raise plans, right? So that you can go, okay, if I'm going to have to do four raises over the next 10 years at this amount, what does that mean for me, my company, my shareholders, all of that? Um, and with each of those, there's money. The money coming from different sources has different expectations, right? Like Mike, your VC fund is different from an angel person going hey yeah here's some of my private money versus where you have to you have to have a return for your investors exactly mike what about what about you what's the best fastest way to connect with you um our, our website um usually so on our website the, the first thing that is best to do is just make sure that you meet our our criteria so you know we have a very specific box as most vcs do that we're that we're able to invest within um and so if you if you meet our criteria, you can either use we have an intake uh, form that you can fill out. It's pretty pretty quick and easy on the website. Um, or the other thing that people can do that, that works well is um, get uh, get referred into us. You know, it's, it's it's nice if you know somebody who knows us or one of your investors is willing to, to vouch for you. Kind of like to know people who um, who would recommend would recommend you. Great. Perfect. Well, I'm a little bit mindful of time. Um, so, and one thing I just wanted to ask, Jill, is the risery still active right now or is it kind of back burner? Yes. Um, <laughs> the risery is my consulting business. So it's, um, yeah, yeah, website coming soon. Um, yeah, no, it's active and I'm still doing a number of different projects. Um, okay. So, and, and okay. including, uh, yeah. I'm working with, um, I just going to quickly do a plug for um, Ryerson University and the Brookfield Institute for Innovation and Entrepreneurship, um, talking to Canadian entrepreneurs who are scaling, who have scaled their business over the last three years and how they're pivoting. So if any companies Perfect. are interested in participating, let me know. Grant, I wouldn't mind just finishing off with some data. You said you, you can show sure. us a little bit of data about what survives crises and, you know, that bounce back. Where's the bounce back, right? What, what can you share? 
so the the bounce back nobody's really sure we're going to have a slow climb or a, a, you know a, a very quick v-shape or is it going to be u-shape um and that's you know each recession has come down at different times and that was one of the topics yesterday was during the 2019-29 recession the, the u.s government took about a year and a half to implement anything so the fact that our government's moving so quickly to help and we keep on seeing new announcements to go okay but we don't know how we're doing the intake yet and we're not sure of all the variables but to see them moving fast that way is good and to see the fact that the angel groups have come together and told the government here's what else we need to be doing so some of the ideas thrown out there were to provide more to get encourage more access to capitals incentives around tax breaks for investors right so that's that, that's an okay. obvious one that's a big one um, I would also say we maybe we look at what the definition of an accredited investor is a little yes. bit closer so that we can have younger okay. like that's that's part of the challenge is that the people that have the money to invest are all necessarily a little bit generation older and we, we want to get younger people and we just had our first our youngest angel join is 32 years old like oh my god good an accredited yes. investor that can actually ask different questions than all us old white guys. Um, <laughs> I think we're going to see some more use of some of the online investment platforms as well for, yeah. um, through this process. We're seeing an uptake and some entrepreneurs asking questions about that, like SDX or FundFunder. You know what, Jill? I think that's worthy of a whole entire another conversation for yeah. it because um, I know that there's a number out there and um, it's still... This resonates with me because you're real people with real tangible things. Uh, going back to the core values of collaboration and partnership as means of financing with which all of you and this means of your respective means of financing offer that you know sometimes other institutions don't offer so that was my goal was to leave people with the idea that you are super accessible um, yes there are solutions out there um, make it easy for people to connect with you uh, on behalf of Canada's podcast I want to thank you for your time today and uh, hopefully you'll have a plethora and an onslaught of uh, connections through, our, <laughs> um, through some of our networks. Thanks, Andrew. Great, thanks, Andrew. Thanks for hosting. Thank you, Jill. Thanks, Mike. Good thanks, to see you. Take care. Okay, thanks, guys. See you later. Hey there. Thanks for taking the time today to listen to British Columbia's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters and write a review for us on iTunes. Connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or at canadaspodcast.com. You can check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. I'm Angela Fay. See you next time.